Tea's piping hot tea is brewed and ready to be shared over a table of contemporary conversations with you. Welcome to the analysis table, where we conversate, interrogate, laugh, and weep as we stand in the commoners gallery feasting on matters of public interest. If your friends laugh a little because you love to unpack and you're always addressing, this is the show for you. When the teapot stops whistling, I hope the foodful thought is filling. Besties, hello and welcome to the Tea with Tea show. Today I have my good friend, a an excellent music curator, a graduate, an economist, all of it, my lovely, lovely, and ex-business partner. I can't finish it, but with me in studio today, I have my girl and friend, Angela Malazo. How are you doing, girl? I'm alright yourself. I'm good. I'm good. The sun's out in this part of the world, even though it's winter. So I'm quite alright. Like... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And how are you doing? Ah, oh, Chumi. is cold. There's sun, but it does nothing. It's not doing anything. It's still cold. But otherwise, I'm good, you know. No, that's lovely to know. So I invited you here today because we are completing and finalizing the last of a three-part series, which is on friendship. And so it's interesting because today I am in studio with a very good friend of mine. So it's going to be very interesting to hear some of your thoughts about friendship and what you think friendship is and all of that good stuff. So let's just jump straight into the idea of friendship. What does the concept represent for you and how do you feel about the idea of friendship? Mm-hmm. So um, for me, I think children have the best understanding of friendship. We're just coming together because we like each other. You're cool. I'm cool. You like me. I like you. We're vibing. Let's be friends. You know, there's no obligations. Oh, TK, I'm going to be her friend in order to accomplish certain things. No. We're just friends because we like each other. And so I think friendship is just a space where two people like each other just vibe out and you know we watch and help each other grow i love that children understand the concept of friendship very well and i think that also uh testifies to the idea where jesus is like if you don't have a heart like a child then you can't enter the kingdom of heaven so i think it's also it it speaks to the purity of attraction and friendships is that i am just attracted to you simply because I want to be your friend you know which is maybe where the difference is between romantic relationships and friendships is that in as much as yes there is an attraction but it's a different kind of attraction it's not I want anything from you or I want to wife you up it's nothing like that it's just <laughs> you you make me happy and being around you makes me extremely happy I think that's such a great definition so you you said attraction like we just I like you and you like me so would you say that energy has been how you've picked your friends over your friendship journeys or have you been intentional about that um I think the energy first and foremost had to be there and then afterwards then um you start being intentional about it yes the energy was there but we must be intentional about maintaining our friendship, you know, and allowing that energy 
to constantly co- to exist and that requires you to be intentional mm. so the two kind of intersect together there is some sort of energy involved as well as intentionality so you can't just have one and go with the flow that's interesting because some people will say yeah some people will say going with the flow is exclusive to just situationships but maybe friendships also have friendship situations where people like aren't really friends but are going with the flow because there's no intention there you know what i'm saying I also feel like when we just going with the flow, I think those are for situational friendships. Yeah, I will go with the flow because I don't see this friendship exten- extending to any other part of my life. So I don't need to know your true feelings about this and that because we're just friends here, you know, and there's nothing further that's going to happen between us here. Oh, so situational friendships you're referring to maybe a work friend or Yes, work friend. Mm. Exactly. I don't need to know um the deep workings of your mind. I I know. You know? Yeah, I hear yeah. that. And I think that's that's actually a good characterization. I think we'll delve into it a bit later when you speak about boundaries because you know, some people maybe don't know how to distinguish between a situational friendship and something they consider a real friendship. So you'll meet me at work and we'll speak for three weeks and then next thing you're telling me about your deepest, darkest secrets and it's like, well... Good job, but you know what I'm saying? So it becomes an interesting kind of intersection where we have to speak about their friendships and then they are situational friendships, you know. So I think we'll speak about that a bit later. So the idea of connection you spoke about and what friendship is like to you, would you say that, you know, based on your friendship experience, all the friends you've had over time, have they transformed your life in any way? And how would you say that friendship has transformed your life? Hmm. So for me, um, I'm a person who's very big on friendship. I value friendship. And the people that are in my life, who are my friends, have played such a significant role in informing not only my values, but my self-belief. So for me, it's been transformative in the sense that my friends saw me, they validated me. And because of that, I've never had a space where I had to doubt myself. Because people who love me and who are constantly rooting for me, don't doubt me. How dare I doubt myself? Yes. That is so beautiful. You know, the idea of not just transforming your life, perhaps in a way where you're like, oh, I had more people to listen to me speak about my problems or I had more people to take to vacations or something like that. But the fact that they've transformed you internally to a point where you're able to realize your worth, it's kind of, it's lo- it's like loving you back to life, you know, like a continuous mm-hmm. loving me back to life and ensuring that I believe in myself because you see me. Mm-hmm. And if you see me, surely I'm a person, you know, and I think that speaks to the recognition that happens in friendships where people realize 
and love you simply for who you are, not what you can do for them or what you can provide to them. So I love that so much. I think I also relate with that very much. The fact that my friends have transformed my idea of myself, you, like how I perceive myself. When you grow up, perhaps you're exposed to so many insecurities because perhaps you like different things or you're interested in different things or you're not as caught up in the world like everyone else. And it's easy to believe that the friends that you have will simply always never accept you. But when you meet people who are who accept you for who you are and who embrace that difference and they're like, wow, you're so exceptional. I love you so much. You make life so much better. You start to see yourself in a different light. And I think that's the power of friendship is that people are able to see yeah. you and accept you for who you are. So that's so lovely. And I, I also relate with that. At the time when you met your friends, did you know you were going to be friends with them? Or is it something that just happened over time? Huh. So, um, like I said um, at the beginning, the energy was definitely there. For most of my friendships, the energy was there. And sometimes it started because of a simple conversation or just a simple thing that we had um, in common, you know. But the energy was there. And then from then onwards, we just we were both intentional in being friends. So, yes, um, the energy was definitely there in most of my friendships. And now that I think of it, there was never a checklist in terms of my friends. And yeah, so it's not something I can say that I I have a, a checklist where I'm like, okay, they must be like this, like that. But I've noticed that all my friends have similar um, characteristics or beliefs and principles. So most of my friends, I always say that if I can take all my friends, and put them in one room, you guys would get on like a house on fire. Because trust me, um, two of my friends will share the same thing. So I think there's a common thread between all of my friends. But when I was becoming friends with them, it was never an intentional thing where I was just like, yeah, you must be kind, Wena. Wena, you must be like smart, you must be, you know. But there is certainly a common thread that establishes and con and makes the idea of community more concrete when you say that your friends would get along like a house on fire the fact that they don't know each other but the fact that we all are friends with angela means surely we can get along <laughs> i think it also speaks to the ripple effect that choosing friends has in your life but the way that you say it you say you didn't really choose your friends they kind of chose you and i guess that also cements the idea of love is that we're both attracted to each other and we enjoy the energy and then we become friends. So you'd say, would you say that it means that when people aren't friends, it's not an issue of they're not trying very hard to maintain, to be friends, or is it just a thing of it's just not working and it's never going to work no matter how much effort we put into it, no matter how much we try, if we're trying too hard to be friends, it just won't work. Yes, I, I yes, I agree with your second statement. I think in although it it, it requires us to have, to put in effort to make the friendship work, it is okay when it doesn't work and we abandon the the friendship because sometimes trying too hard is exhausting, you know, and 
when building a friendship, the work that you put in must still be pleasurable to you. You must find pleasure in doing the work of forming a friendship. And once that starts being a task for you, then I don't think a successful friendship can come out of that. You it just blew my mind when you said you must find pleasure in putting in that work. Wow. I think that is so beautiful because I think it speaks also to the idea of reconciliation. So for instance, I step on your toes as my friend and you let me know that I've stepped on your toes and perhaps we break up for two months. I don't know if people break up formally and they're like, I don't want to be your friend anymore, but whatever happens. And then we want to reconcile, but the desire to reconcile is coming from one end only. And the other person isn't interested in that reconciliation, but they're just like, ah, I'm just going to do it because we were friends once upon a time. And I'm just thinking now about that dynamic that you said the person must find pleasure. So if you're, if you're not finding any pleasure as the second party who's being invited into the reconciliation, chances are it's not going to work out because only one person is finding pleasure in the reconciliation. And I think that's very powerful. Mm-hmm. That in order for something to work, you guys must meet each other halfway on all things. So true. And it's not a one-sided effort thing. Absolutely. So I have my own friends and you have your own friends. Would you say that your friends' friends are your friends? (laughs) Oh, no. No. And they are friends because of a totally different reason to what we are friends. So you're friends with them because of this and that. And we're friends because of this and that. But that, that doesn't mean I can't be acquainted with them nice with them but it doesn't mean they're my friends no I agree I remember when I left Joburg and I had you guys all sitting around one table I wasn't nervous at all when I invited people to come hang out because I was like I they'll get along just fine you know it they all have their differences and they don't like the same things and etc but I knew that you guys wouldn't have any problem hanging out with each other so obviously there are boundaries associated with that for instance you're not expecting me to tell my friend about everything that you've been through simply because they know about you so if you in confidence come to me and you're like yo t there's this and this happening you're not expecting my friend to come to you and be like i'm so sorry and about what you're going through (laughs) i heard (laughs) you know so how did you hear this story and i think that might you know come in the way so if you're listening to this podcast and you have this issue of not being able to separate your friends just know that if your friend in confidence tells you something there's no need to go tell your other friends because there's they're not involved in any way it's none of their business you know so all of that stuff all of that chance you have to tell someone repeat it to yourself in the mirror or something (laughs) if it's burning you that much you know, just look at yourself in the mirror. Yeah, hey, TK, she's going through it. Nah. Okay. Yeah, I love the fact that she said, if it's burning, you repeat it in the mirror. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, sometimes I, it does happen like that. But I don't know. I think with me, I'm just very forgetful. You know, like he'll tell me something today. 
I'll think about it, but I'm gonna move on tomorrow. You know, I'll remember when you come back and you yeah. remember that thing, but I'm I'm really not thinking about it. You know, so I think that's what helps. Yeah. And if maybe I need to give you advice and I need to refer to a situation, you mustn't be able to now know what. Oh, so to Kuluma, she's talking about this specific friend of hers. You can make mention of the situation and how that particular person went about in, in solving a similar situation or going through that situation without mentioning names, you know? Yeah, and I also think that speaks to then how in friendships, you all you do is provide a safe space for your friends to be themselves. So, you know, whatever your friend is going through, in as much as you, maybe you have your own personal feelings about it, you know, you have your own convictions about the matter and the situation, but it's it's your friend. And like you said in the beginning, when you defined what friendship was, it's that people see you and they value you and they love you. And that comes with acceptance. So them just being freely able to say, Angie, there's this and this and this happening and you not being like, Aibo, how dare you? You know, and then it's it becomes an issue where they feel like you're treating them like their mom, for instance. And it's like, are you my friend or my parent? And then that becomes a bit of an issue there. So I think we're just moving into a bit when we broke up and when we were just laughing about breaking up with a friend, you know. And I think we touched on resentment. So I was watching something on TikTok the other day and the lady was saying that sometimes friendships don't work out because you are upset with your friends and you forgive them for things that they didn't even know they did wrong. How do you think people can deal with resentment in friendships in a healthy way and have you been in a similar situation and how did you deal with that Ooh, uh, <laughs> i think i am currently working through um what you call it a situation of that nature and when i was listening to the first um episode of this three-part series you mentioned how being your, we must allow our friends to live their lives. We might not agree with it, but we must love them and be like, hey, friend, I don't agree, but go on and be your best self. But that is so difficult when the thing that the person is doing is against your principles. Yes. So it's like, hey, friend, I know I can't tell you how to live your life, but as your friend, you don't. that's not what you need me to tell you. You know, I can't be your mom. I can't tell you, okay, I can't dictate to you how you should live your life. You know, and so when it's against your principle, it does create some resentment because you're like, oh, how do I tackle this? You know, and why am I male? Why do, not, do they not see that this thing is not right? Why are you doing this? So, ooh, I think I, I can't give a, a concrete answer on that because I'm currently dealing with something of that nature. That's a very honest and I think direct answer. And I think it speaks to the idea of sharing value systems with your friends. So when I, when I say sharing value systems with your friend, for instance, some people don't want to have friends outside of their faith structure. Some people don't want to have friends out who 
aren't moving in the same direction as them. So, for instance, if you're studying, they just want to have friends that are also studying. You know, people mm-hmm. have their own value systems and their designs for the value systems. And I think when you said that currently you're working through something of that nature with yes. with dealing with resentment towards a friend... I also mm-hmm. can't give um, a concrete and direct answer because I think it varies. You know, I think mm-hmm. with resentment, it happens a lot more when there's no establishment of a conversation. So if mm-hmm. if if we can't hear each other when we're talking, we're not going to be able to get to a conclusion. So if every time mm-hmm. I say to you, friend, you know, I don't know how I feel about you telling me about all the things that you get up to because it's difficult for me not to feel some type of way, you know, about it. And, mm-hmm. you know, and if they take that as an attack on their personality and they don't hear it as a concern of love, it's difficult mm-hmm. to reconcile, you know. So I think it's always mm-hmm. in the in the establishment of a conversation and whether or not you guys are successful with that conversation that will will dictate whether or not you guys are able to move forward. But it does happen in friendships where you have a little bit of a fallout and then you, you, it's difficult to reconcile and, 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 and. And how would you say then you've dealt with disappointments in friendships? Because, I mean, we're not perfect as people. Maybe you trusted me to give you something and I didn't and you were disappointed. How would you say you deal with it? Do you just extend grace because we're not all perfect or you talk about it? How do you think you've dealt with disappointments in friendship? over the mm. over the years mm. so um naturally i'm a i'm a person that loves planning i love planning you like angela let's do this i've already started the wheels are turning in my head you want us to do this we're gonna do it i'm planning you know so i feel like i often find myself in the position of being the planner but it's something i enjoy right so um there's a friend who I'd constantly invite or she'd initiate something, but she'd never take it further. So I'd plan all these things, wait for her to come back to me, and it just never happens. And each time I'm constantly disappointed, you know? So I feel like for me, dealing with disappointment, I've often had to extend grace towards this person. Yeah, you know what? Let me take myself out of the equation. Maybe they can't go out to these places and they can't tell me that they can't do it or they're busy and they're scared of disappointing me but they're also disappointing me by not try by trying not to disappoint me they still disappointing me so i think it required me to extend grace to the person because i'd be doing myself and my other friends a disservice if i'm like okay i'm gonna stop planning things because people don't come to it because it's something I enjoy and the friends who do pitch up whenever I do plan something or, you know, I'm a coordinator of an event or coordinating an outing for us and they do pitch up, it would be a disservice to myself and them if I'm like, I'm no longer going to do this just because I was disappointed by this one person. Yeah, no, I love that. The fact that you said it would be a disservice also to myself to stop doing this one thing that I really love doing simply because someone disappointed me once. And you also spoke about how you've extended grace because you don't really know what's going on mm-hmm. with and why they're making the decisions. And I think that's when love comes into the picture, you know, because when 
you are dealing with that ex- that entire situation and love is not involved, it's easy to take it personally. And perhaps we are justified for taking it personally, where you're like, why do you never show up? Why do you never come? I plan these things and you just never pitch. And it takes a lot of time and effort. And it's my way of showing you that I love you. Because I love doing these things and I love planning. So when you're not showing up to these things, it's a bit difficult. But also... like you're saying you don't know what the reason is for that and so for you it's so much better to extend grace and I think that's when love comes into the idea and is introduced into it you know and for me also this also goes to (laughs) one some one of my friends was like hi you know you can tell you grew up in church because every episode you want to refer to the bible It's okay. It's okay. And it's the unchanging aspect for me about it is love. You know, because I always think about that. I always think about all the times where I've been like, Lord, if you'd give me this one thing, I'm never going to do anything wrong again. And and I've gone back and I've done something wrong again, you know. And I'm always like, I wonder what it's like to be a friend who is showing up more than the other friend and I wonder if that means that the other friend loves loves you less you know or is it just they are one big fatal flaw which makes it difficult for you guys to connect so I really love the idea of extending grace and I think because we never know why people make the decisions that they make we are better off just saying for the sake of our friendship I'm going to assume the best case scenario sometimes it's not true you know sometimes it's not that yeah I also had a friend who you know when I moved to Joburg obviously the cultural change and then you're changing environments but we 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 just didn't talk as much and she blamed me for that you know so you're not doing enough and I tried to do enough and more and more and more but as the time went on we just stopped talking we just fell off with each other you know what I'm saying so I would text and send things and you know send stuff and I wouldn't get any responses and that to me I was very disappointed because I was like wow you know, I am trying, but I do feel like I'm overcompensating because I am consistently showing up and I'm being slapped in the face for that small effort that I'm making. But at the end of the day, you know, I stopped internalizing it so much because I realized it was hurting me more than it was perhaps even bothering them. And I just decided to write them a message and tell them exactly how I was feeling and where I was Mm. I didn't get a response to that message that same day I got a response like days later but I think in my head I had really just been like it hurts and I'm extremely disappointed but I have to move on you know but then this friend of mine came back after after you know like I'm now I've moved on and I've I've healed you know what I'm saying and then they're like, hey, you know, I'm I'm really sorry about what happened back then. I wasn't really in a great space. And I think for me, it's okay. So I, I was like, no, it's cool. I really did move past it in a healthy manner. So I do not dislike you or hate you or because of that situation. I was obviously hurt. And I think both our feelings were valid. So I think in these situations, sometimes, like we said before, reconciliation isn't possible. But you can you know, have a conversation about it and talk about it. You can never go back to the same space where you guys were, you know, 
because some things you can't really recover from, you know. But some things you can recover from. Like if I took your lollipop, I like sorry, <laughs> chill. Yeah, um, <laughs> buy your lollipop. And we'll, <laughs> you know? and we'll move on. But if yes. it's deeper than that, it it can be a bit difficult to mm-hmm. move on with that. So, yo, I think this is the next. Like we're moving into how you know. I don't know if it, it has ever happened to you. Have you ever had a friendship breakup? Yo. <laughs> yes. Okay. Uh, yes. Yes. <laughs> so I don't have many friends. Uh, okay. People who are my friends know that they're my friends. Mm-hmm. So in a friendship breakup happened, it rocks me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. No. I. I fully. I felt that when you said yo. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, am I, am I opening old closed wounds here? Yeah, I know. Um, how have you, how have you dealt with that? You know, the weirdness of intimately knowing now a person who has now become a stranger, you know, so this person, you knew them before you guys were very intimately close, Ooh. but now it's just life goes on as usual. Um... Yo, yikes, I, I, <laughs> it takes time to get over it. Um, it takes time. And because this person, I think most, most times when you make friends that are not situational friends or that don't, um, just exist in one sphere of your life, there's oftentimes this thinking, oh, this person is going to be here for the long run. You know, I don't foresee us. Like you and I, I don't foresee us stopping friends next year. It's not something you think about. I imagine TK is going to be at my wedding. TK is going to be there at the big moments in my life. You know? So now, dealing with the friendship breakup of that nature with someone who you thought would be there for the long run, it hurts. Because now, instead of having so many guests at your wedding, it's like, middle man, I say one. <laughs> in your head it's like it's it's now you're imagining a future without that friend and it's something you never thought you'd have to exist in it's not a future you thought would be a reality you know so it sucks it does suck yeah it sucks especially i think also now in the age of social media and pictures and memories and stuff like that sometimes you're seeing a memory from two years ago and you're like yo life was so different here you know we were so you know i would have gone to the ends of the earth for you and now i don't even know what has been happening in your life I could just see you in the street and say hello and keep on walking. And I, and there's nothing else, you know. Sometimes people we know for a certain amount of time, but it also sucks that we don't know for how long because you, you give yourself over to an experience of friendship. And sometimes that handing over of yourself doesn't turn out the way that you thought it would turn out, which sucks, you know, because you're like, no, you're going to be my... What do you what do you call those people that uh, are the most important people at the wedding? Bridesmaids. Uh, bridesmaids. Made yeah. of honor. Maid of honor. <laughs> yes, that's the word. Mm-hmm. So you know, I imagine you're gonna be my maid of honor, and then it's like, 
that's not happening. And I think for some people, this makes them believe that they don't want to make any new friends. You know, I don't want any more friends in my life because I can't take the the pain and the heartbreak of losing someone that I love. Would you say, would you say you have any encouragement for people like that? Or you're just the same and you're like, I'm not doing it again. I don't know. I just think, like I said, in the situation we're talking about, it's a disservice to yourself to not try and recommit yourself to other friendships and point to friendships that are already serving you, you know? You know, it's it's a disservice to now say, okay, I'm disregarding and I'm putting friendship to the side. It's something I don't want to explore any further because I've been hurt this one instance. And you are just, how do I put this? It's a disservice to yourself, honestly. You know, there's so much love out there that exists within friendship. And because now you're not willing, you don't want to explore friendships that love is going to be a concept that's just foreign to you you're never going to get to experience that so yeah it hurts cry about it talk about it you know sit in your room and clap once and say you but life continues and there are still people out there that we are still gonna love and yeah don't close yourself off I love that. And I think, Mm -hmm. you know, sometimes heartbreaks can isolate you. It's like losing a part of you, I think, because, you know, when you share yourself with someone, you also share your experiences with them. You share your dreams, your desires. So when something, something dies, it's not just, it's not like just cutting off a branch and moving on. It's more like a surgery where they, where you open up and you have to, remove this part of yourself which is not a painless process and I think what you said when you said you just need to continue pouring into the friendships that are already serving you well Mm -hmm. and it would be a disservice to yourself to now then think you're not good enough simply because something has happened or a friend has committed a wrong and in this entire conversation we've been speaking about the wrong being committed from the other end would you say that you've fallen short in friendships and how have you dealt with the guilt of falling short in friendships? Oh, definitely. Um, I don't... It's easy to think of yourself as being a perfect friend, you know? Because I think I posted on my Instagram once uh, a question. Um, are, you, do you, are you a good friend? Are you someone that people want to be around, you know? And I think... Oftentimes you have to look into that. You know, Uguti, um, am I being a good friend to this person? You know, am I giving them what I would want them to give me? So yes, I have fallen short, definitely. But it's something I've worked on. So like a friend of mine, um, she's always on time. Like, and... I used to be like, oh my God, I'm so late. You know, I'm so late. I'm such a person. It, it's fun. It's funny. But this person makes an, in, she's intentional about being early and me not respecting her time is me not being a good friend to her. You know, so it's something, it's it's a little thing, but it, it's something that means something to her. 
you know and so i have to put myself like okay angela wake up 30 minutes earlier if you have plans with this person wake up 30 minutes earlier so you can be on time and respect this person because they are your friend so yes i have fallen short and this is times where i've noticed but i'm sure there are times where i've um not been there for a friend or i've not been a good friend to my friends and i don't know of but the times that i've been aware of it's i've always tried to make amends yes that's lovely i think being able to self-reflect is an extremely great human characteristic in general because I think it allows you also to make room for growth and improving and just being like, hey, I, I realize and understand that this is something that is an issue. So I think this entire conversation is doing a really nice, uh, tying a really nice knot because in the beginning you spoke about being seen and being accepted and being loved. And I think that's also part of seeing your friends is that Mm -hmm. something that you might not consider important, they consider extremely important. So like you said, for you, perhaps it wasn't a big deal with, I'm just 20 minutes late, sorry. But to them, yeah, but to them it's like, uh uh-uh, I woke up on time and I got ready on time so that we could be here. And I would have done something else with my 20 minutes, you know. So they're not being unreasonable. They're just moving in the path that they think is the right one. And it also attests and confirms that that idea that we also spoke about of it's a mutual thing, you know. So if you do me wrong, the chances are I also do you wrong. And if I'm extending grace, chances are you'll have to extend grace. So you can't be a friend that wants to be forgiven, but you never forgive, you know. <laughs> like So you can't be a friend that wants to be understood, but you're never understanding. So it's a, it's a lot of friendship is a lot of action, action and moving towards the direction with your friends. And being as honest as you possibly can along the way, some things will genuinely annoy you and you can't extend grace. So you have to say, I, no, Chomi, I, I can't handle this. <laughs> but some things, you know, some things you can, uh, you know, just, you know, it's probably, this is just who she is, you know, and I've accepted that part of her as her friend, but some things you perhaps can't accept and then it becomes a problem. So I really love that, the idea that you, sometimes you will see where you're falling short. Sometimes you will not see where you're falling short. I used to deal with this in a very unhealthy manner. I used to thrive to ensure that I please you in all other aspects. And I spoke about people pleasing in the first Uh, part of it and I was like it ruins your friendship experience in a way because you're constantly showing up to your friend in order to make sure that they are constantly happy with you and how you're contributing to the friendship you stop showing up as the real version of yourself so you don't want to be burdensome you don't want to do ABC, you know, you mm-hmm. are over, you're saying sorry so much because you don't know if you're doing the right thing or the wrong thing. And I really loved it when you said you must take pleasure in an activity for it to be worthwhile. Take pleasure in the work. So I think I love that very much. So as we're closing off, we're about to close off now, you know, and I think it's been such a, <laughs> it's been such a great, um, you know, conversation. 
you know, and you said you have grown. So do you have any indicative things that you say you've grown in, perhaps your communication or your ability to show up for your friends? What is the one thing that you think growing up and being in your 20s as a young adult, the experiences Mm -hmm. that you've grown in, in friendship particularly, and what are your favorite things about these? Um, I think in terms of growth, yeah. I also had a, a, a people-pleasing tendency of, I don't want to bother this person. I don't want to, you know, um, I might, and I think now in my 20s, it's something that I'm being intentional about. So I remember with um, a good friend of ours, she was my roommate and friend. I, guys, <laughs> When I wake up, I have a thought. I have a thought and it needs to get out of my head. <laughs> so at first, I feel like um, to not bother her, I'd be like, yo, uh-uh, I think I'm true. Keep it to yourself. But then because she opened up the space for me to be able to express myself, I took I, I, I took advantage of that. So man, Voga, I have a question. And I allow myself to ask that question. Uh, I want to discourse about something. I'm going to hit up my friend. So friend, what do you think about this? You know, and not think in, and my immediate thought is not, okay, I'm bothering this person. They could be doing so many better things than answering my stupid question. So in terms of communication, opening myself up more and allowing people a chance to experience Angela in her truest and full form is something that I've grown with. Yeah. I've grown and done more of in my twenties. Yeah. No, our very good friend, guys, let me tell you a short story is that the three of us, when we're together, it's just, it works. (laughs) You know, like when we're hanging out together, wherever we're going, it just works. And I think that's the, beauty of friendship is that you're around people who you like and who you genuinely enjoy being around to the point where we used to have a a business together and we ran it together we would thrift and sell clothes and I think that also contributed to the strengthening of our friendship because there are things about ourselves that we learned for instance my friends don't like carrying bags like they don't want to carry a bag so (laughs) those small things it's like This is interesting, you know, you learn and you grow and you understand and that whole inability to feel seen and accepted just falls away and it falls um, to the side. So to anyone listening to this, Angela, and they're just like, "Ah, Angela, you're talking about a foreign concept to me, friendship. What would you say to someone who's looking to make more friends, perhaps has struggled their entire lives, but they really do thirst for a friendship experience, community, and people that are aligned with them. What would you say to a person like that? Um, I think one of my, I made a friend <laughs> quite recently, so it hasn't. Been, we haven't been friends for that long, but they shot a friendship shot, and I was just like, "Oh, this person seems like a very cool person," and I opened up myself to being friends to this person and now we have a very good friendship in my opinion (laughs) so i feel like um 
it's not foreign. It's something that can happen to everyone. There is someone out there for all of us in a platonic manner, not in a romantic, it's that one. But in a platonic sense, there is someone who's going to share your interest. There is someone who sees you. And it's like, you know, we, we could get along well. So I think friendship, if you welcome the idea, open yourself up to the idea of making friends, is something that's going to happen. Mm. Yes. It's something that's going to happen. Opening yourself it's up and being... I think taking initiative because this lady shot yeah. her shot and that's why it worked. So, yeah. you know, I love that. And, and just before we close off, I'm going to share one of my favorite verses about friendship that comes from the Bible. And it says, sweet friendships refresh the soul and awaken our hearts with joy for good friends are like the anointing oil that yields the fragrant incense of God's presence. Proverbs 27 verse nine. And Abelwe, one of my friends once said to me uh, that I love my friends so much because whenever I look at them, I see God in them. And it makes me closer to the idea of God and sovereignty because of who my friends are to me. So I think for me, this resonates so well because it speaks to good friendships are sweet for soul. So if you're in a position in a place where you're always breaking down and you're always crying and you're always upset because of the people that you call your friends, it might be time to reflect on that and move away from that because friendships are supposed to make us free, happy, safe, and comfortable. And they're supposed to help you remember what it's like to be loved and to be carried in true form in all ways that you are. You know, obviously, like we said, it needs a lot of also internal reflection. So you can't just sit and wait and fold your arms and say, I need good friends, but you're doing nothing to become that to other people. So it's like a two-way street and it works out well. So thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much, Angela. Your thoughts and your contributions have been incredible. So... To be here with you, and thank you very much. Always, anytime, <laughs> tea time, anytime is tea time, of course. On tea with tea. If you're hearing this, you have gotten to the end of our conversation. So, while we clean up our platters and cleanse our palates in preparation for the next session of Tea's Finely Brewed Tea, please follow like and share this podcast with your friends family and whoever you like and if you are looking for me because you want to talk to me tag me mention me you can find me on instagram and twitter and my handles are in the episode description thank you for sharing a fine meal with tea